nice to see so many young people up here singing and giving praise to the Lord. Appreciate uh, you coming back tonight. Thank you for such fine turnouts we've been having in uh, Sunday evenings. To uh, uh, Sunday evenings ago, we even ran out of handouts. So it's great that you are supporting the evening service the way you are. We're continuing in our study of the Beatitudes. Tonight we look at the fifth. That is, blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. The fifth Beatitude is unique because it is reflexive. While the poor in spirit receive the kingdom, or the meek inherit the earth, those who show mercy receive exactly what they showed mercy. So that the result of mercy is mercy. And that makes it unique among the Beatitudes. Mercy needs to be distinguished from other traits. Definition of mercy, to give help to the wretched, to relieve the oppression of the miserable. And mercy is different from grace. You have heard this before. I continue to use this illustration so that it sticks with you. Grace is unmerited favor. To be gracious says nothing about the condition of the one that you are being gracious to. If I give a million dollars to an individual that has not earned it, that is grace. It is grace if I give the million dollars to a rich man or to a poor man. Both are receiving grace. Mercy is different from love. Love is motivated out of a concern for the individual, not the individual's circumstances. Thus, I might leave a million dollars to a child simply because I love the child, not because the child needs it or deserves it, but just because they have a fond place in our hearts. That is love, but that's not mercy. Mercy does not have the person in view but rather the person's circumstances. Mercy is compassion that is shown to one who is in a deplorable situation. It is because of that deplorable situation we act. Think, if you would, this morning about our shoe boxes. And we collected these shoe boxes in order to show mercy to some child. But you have no idea what child that shoebox is going to. You have no personal relationship to that child. You don't even know the child's name. You're motivated not because of the particular child. 
You're motivated because of need. And you realize that there are children around this world that live in deplorable circumstances, and you want to help them in that deplorable circumstance. That is mercy. Compassion is closely related to mercy, but is not identical to mercy. Compassion is a feeling that I have towards a person's situation. I might feel sorry for them. I might relate deeply to what they are going through. I might be saddened by their circumstances. Their plight has an emotional effect upon me. But mercy is more than compassion. Mercy is the action that one takes to relieve the suffering or hardship of another. So that mercy is active goodwill. We should not think that we have shown mercy towards someone simply because we feel compassion for them. Mercy must act. So mercy must be active. It, it has to have an action associated with it. You can be compassionate without doing anything. You can feel sorry for people. But you can't be merciful without doing something. Mercy requires action. And that is the idea that we really want to drive home tonight, that mercy requires action. So there's two primary elements of mercy. First, the one experiencing mercy is in some kind of distress. Psalm, I just picked a number of examples here. Psalm 4, verse 1. For the director of music with stringed instruments, a psalm of David, answer me when I call to you, O my righteous God. Give me relief from my distress. Be merciful unto me. So that deplorable situation is distress. Psalm 6.2, have mercy upon me, O Lord, for I am weak, for my bones are vexed. Psalm 9.13, see how my enemies persecute me, have mercy upon me. Psalm 25.16, have mercy upon me, for I am desolate and afflicted. Psalm 31.19, have mercy upon me, O Lord, for I am in trouble. You see, there's the consistent pattern. It is show mercy to a person who is in some kind of deplorable situation. They are wretched. They are miserable. They could be physically in difficulty. They could be persecuted. They could be oppressed. They could be downhearted. Whatever the situation is, what is common is that it is a deplorable circumstance. Secondly, the one who shows mercy acts in order to alleviate that distress or that deplorable situation. So Psalm 4 verse 1. Uh, Have mercy upon me. Hear my prayer. So it's looking for God to actively be engaged in the deplorable situation of the psalmist. Psalm 6 verse 2. Have mercy upon me, for I am weak, O Lord. Heal me, for my bones are vexed. So there the aid that is looking for is healing. Psalm 9.13, Have mercy upon me, O Lord. Consider my trouble, which I suffer of them that hate me. Thou hast lifted me up from the gates of death, so preserve my life. Psalm 25.16, Turn thou unto me, have mercy upon me, for I am desolate and afflicted. The troubles of my heart have multiplied me. Free me from my anguish. 
Look upon my affliction and my distress. Take away all my sins. You see, so there are the, the ways in which the person is looking for deliverance. Free me from my anguish. Take away my sins. Psalm 31, 9. Have mercy upon me, O Lord. Psalm 31, verse 15. My times are in thy hand. Deliver me from the hand of my enemies and from them that persecute me. So there's looking for deliverance. Those are the two elements that are associated with mercy. It is a deplorable situation, and it's looking for some kind of release from that deplorable situation. Next. Mercy often includes, but is not limited to, showing forgiveness. So you can be merciful in uh, handing somebody uh, food if they are hungry. But many times, mercy is associated with forgiveness, such as Luke 18, 13. And the publican standing afar off would not lift up so much as his eyes into heaven, but smote upon his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. Mercy is a key component in the motivation to extend forgiveness to others. Uh, One of the reasons that we should extend forgiveness, uh, why we should forgive those that persecute us, is out of a sense of mercy, trying to alleviate some of their own anguish and misery. To be unforgiven is to be in a deplorable state, especially to be uh, unforgiven by God. So we are motivated to forgive people because we see their repentance, we see their contriteness, we see their tears, We see all of what they are going through and we should be moved to want to extend forgiveness to others because we have pity upon them. Secondly, the blessedness of the one who shows mercy is to be seen in the mercy that he or she receives. A, the mercy we show to others is the mercy that we can expect to receive from others. Matthew 7 verse 2. For in the same way you judge others, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. If you treat other people with mercy, they are going to be merciful to you. If you treat other people in a harsh, unmerciful way, they are going to treat you in a harsh and unmerciful way. This is very true in family relationships. Uh, If you live in 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 a home that's Uh, someone is very unforgiving, uh, very uh, harsh, not merciful, Uh, there tends not to show mercy in reciprocity. But notice here, it is true even with God. In Matthew 18.21, it reads, Then Peter came to Jesus and asked, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother when he sins against me? Up to seven times? Jesus answered, I tell you, not seven times, but 77 times. Therefore, so now is a parable that is given to teach that we need to forgive not just merely seven times, but 70 times seven, which really means continually. Matthew eighteen twenty four. Therefore, The kingdom of heaven is like a king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. As he began the settlement, 
a man who owned him 10,000 talents, was brought to him. Since he was not able to pay, the master ordered that he and his wife and his children and all that he had be sold to repay the debt. The servant fell on his knees before him. Be patient with me, he begged, and I will pay back everything. Now notice, he's begging, okay, and I will pay back everything. The servant's master took pity on him, canceled the debt, and let him go. But when that servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owned him a hundred denarii. He grabbed him, began to choke him. Pay back what you owe me, he demanded. His fellow servant fell to his knees and begged him, just as the original servant had begged. Begged him, be patient with me, and I will pay you back. But he refused. Instead, he went off and had the man thrown into prison until he could pay the debt. When the other servants saw what had happened, they were greatly distressed and went and told their master everything that had happened. Then the master called the servant, You wicked servant, he said. I canceled all that debt of yours because you begged me to. Shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant just as I had on you? In anger... His master turned him over to the jailers to be tortured until he should pay back all that he owed. This is how my heavenly father will treat each of you unless you forgive from your heart your brother. It is a rather striking statement. But saying God will not be merciful to us if we are not merciful to others. Whatever... and other person's indebtedness to us, it is microcosmic in relationship to our indebtedness to God. Uh, We could never, ever pay God back for the forgiveness that we enjoy. Therefore, we should, as recipients of mercy, show mercy to others. B, the mercy that we show to others is the mercy that we receive from God. 2 Samuel twenty two twenty six. With the merciful, thou wilt show thyself merciful. With the upright man, thou wilt show thyself upright. With the merciful, thou wilt show thyself mercy. With the upright man, thou wilt show thyself upright. That, notice it's the same verse given in two different places. James two twelve. Speak and act as those who are going to be judged by the law that gives freedom. Because judgment without mercy will show, be shown to anyone who has not been merciful. Mercy triumphs over judgment. Mercy is key to our fellowship with God. In the uh, Lord's Prayer, we have Matthew chapter 6, verse 12, which reads, And forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. That can just roll off our tongues, but I want you to think about that for a moment. The Word of God teaches us that we are forgiven in the same way that we forgive others. And if we won't forgive others, we are not forgiven. Now that that ought to really just strike us right between the eyes. We are forgiven in the same way that we forgive others. 
And if we don't forgive others, then we're not really forgiven. That's what that parable teaches. We can look at a lot of places in Scripture that teach that idea. And then all of a sudden we're going to step back and say, well, are you talking about salvation by works? Are you talking about earning salvation? No. What I'm saying to you is a person who is truly saved understands that they have been a recipient of grace and mercy and therefore extends grace and mercy to others. It is the scribe, it is the Pharisee who stands and says, I'm thankful I'm not like other people. And it's the publican that's crying out, be merciful unto me, a sinner. We ought to be able to relate to other people's need. If we can't, maybe it demonstrates that we haven't really seen our own need. We really haven't seen what a recipient of mercy we are. So that number two, mercy is key to our worship of God. Therefore, if you are offering your gift at the altar and there remains that your brother has something against you, leave your gift there in front of the altar. First go and be reconciled to your brother, then come and offer your gift. So this aspect of showing mercy is a very real part of our worship of God. The motivation for showing mercy to others is the mercy that we have received from God. Or perhaps better stated, it is a reflection of God's character. We are to be merciful because God is merciful. Luke 6.35 But love your enemies, do good, and lend. Hope for nothing again, and your reward shall be great, and you shall be called children of the highest. For he is kind unto the unthankful and to the evil. Be therefore merciful, as your Father also is merciful. Key words, he is kind unto the unthankful and to the evil. I didn't underline that. I didn't bold it. But I would draw your attention to that. It's a very important element about mercy. The person who receives mercy doesn't deserve mercy. They may have done evil and been unthankful, and yet God shows mercy upon them. God is merciful to this world. God has mercy even upon those that aren't saved. The scripture teaches us that the rain falls upon the just and the unjust. That's the mercy of God. That God doesn't exact his justice. That we look around us and we see people do all sorts of evil. And then we question, where is the God of justice? It's because we are seeing the effect of a God of mercy. Number four. Mercy does not necessarily fix everything that is wrong. Mercy is compassionate and loving, seeking to assist an individual whether or not that plight is ultimately curable or not. In other words, mercy acts even when the situation is beyond our ability to deal with. 
Notice Deuteronomy 15.11, and then I will make the illustration. For the poor will never cease to be in the land. Therefore, I command you, saying, You shall freely open your hand to your brother, to your needy and poor in the land. It's interesting that the scripture says that the poor you're always going to have with you. Therefore, help them. As opposed to the poor you're always going to have with you, therefore, throw up your hands in despair and say, what can we do? Because we can never get rid of poverty. We can never get rid of poverty. The scripture makes that absolutely clear. We're never, ever going to get rid of poverty. It's never going to be removed from the land. There's always going to be poor among us. But that doesn't mean that we shouldn't have mercy on the people who are poor. In fact, the very reality that there are poor among us should motivate us to demonstrate demonstrate help and direction to others. I said this morning, purposefully, not in a demeaning way, that these shoeboxes were not going to alleviate all the pain and suffering and hardship of the child that receives them. It's not. And the reality is, if we pooled all of our resources, and we all sold all of our houses, and we sold every possession we had, and we said, we're just going to knock out the deplorable situations in these third world countries, it wouldn't happen. It just wouldn't happen. We can't alleviate it all. But that doesn't mean that those acts of kindness and goodness then are wasted or simply symbolic. It is a good thing to have compassion upon a third world child And then go beyond the compassion and move to a place of mercy that says, I'm going to do what I can. I'm going to act. Even if that action is preparing a shoebox and sending it to that child with the hope and the expectation is when that child receives that shoebox, it's going to make their life just a little bit better. It's going to bring a smile to their face today when there are very few days for that child to smile. It is an expression, a desire to help. And we should help others even when we know that we can't fully remove all of the attending circumstances. Then you can extrapolate that out to, to loads of Situations in which people find themselves in, in, in difficult plights. You know, you think of uh, unwed uh, mothers and caring for a child. And, you know, you can't alleviate all those issues, but you can help to some degree. There, there are things that we can do. Mercy acts. B. Mercy is concerned ultimately with the immediate plight of an individual. Therefore, the one showing mercy seeks to aid the individual who is in need regardless of the circumstances, meaning regardless of why they are in that deplorable circumstance. We need to understand as Christians, 
It is our responsibility to help people who are in miserable circumstances through the fault of their own. Let me say that again. It is our responsibility to help people who are in miserable circumstances through their own fault. Now, sometimes people are in deplorable circumstances through no fault of their own. This morning I mentioned the fact that people can be um, destitute because of financial uh, situation, because of uh, an illness. And all their life savings are, are consumed. Their house can be burned down. And uh, everything go up in smoke. Uh, uh, you know, the stock market can crash. There's loads of reasons why people can be in very difficult circumstances through no fault of their own. I imagine we'd all say, well, yeah, we've got to help that person. But tonight I'm saying to you, very pointedly, that it is people who are in deplorable circumstances because of their own fault. Their own irresponsibility. They've wasted their funds. They've stolen from someone and land in prison. They get out, they can't get a job. They have done things that were wrong, sinful, and now their life is miserable. We are to show such people mercy. Look at Luke 6, 36, and 37, under B. Be merciful just as your Father is merciful. In the same way that God shows mercy. And do not judge, and you will not be judged. And do not condemn, and you will not be condemned. Pardon, and you will be pardoned. Now, who is doing the non-judging? Notice. Do not judge, and you will not be judged. By whom? Do not condemn, and you will not be condemned. By whom? Pardon, and you will not be pardoned. By whom? And the answer is, in each of those uh, dualistic statements, it's God. If you judge, if you don't judge, God won't judge you. If you do not condemn, God will not condemn you. If you, do, if you pardon, uh, you will be pardoned by God. The same concept that was found earlier in forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. God responds to us as we respond in mercy. Notice Luke eighteen thirteen. But the tax gatherer, standing some distance away, was even unwilling to lift his eyes to heaven, but was beating his breast, saying, and I left this as the final thought, because it drives home what I've been trying to say, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. Notice, it's not, God, be merciful to me because I'm righteous. God, be merciful to me because I'm in this awful situation through no fault of my own. God, be merciful to me because I've been trying to do the best I've been trying to live by the golden rule and things haven't turned out so well. Be merciful to me. It is, be merciful to me because I'm a sinner. Because I'm in this dilemma 
because I've acted sinfully. I've acted wickedly. I've acted immorally. I've acted in an inappropriate fashion, and I am miserable. Mercy is active goodwill to people who are in a deplorable situation for whatever reason. For whatever reason. I appreciate our deacons. They do an awful lot. And they uh, do much behind the scenes that nobody is ever aware of. It's important to realize that it's the responsibility of our deacons not just to help churchgoers. Not just to help people that are frugal and responsible, good and upright citizens. It's our responsibility to help people who aren't frugal, who aren't good, upright citizens, who perhaps have done horrendous things and now it's coming home to roost. We feel compassion. We have pity and we move to act. That is mercy. The opposite of mercy is you made your bed, now lie in it. That's our world. That's not God. God doesn't say to us, you made your bed, now lie in it. God says, you made your bed, and I will help you. I will forgive you. I will restore you. We need, as a people of God, to recognize that so often we have made a bed that God doesn't make us lie in. He's merciful to us. He's compassionate. He has pity upon us. And we, in turn, ought to be compassionate, have pity, and demonstrate true mercy in acting to help sinful people. For in so doing, we are like God who helps the sinful people and who has helped us. Let's pray. Our Father, help us to be a merciful people. Uh, Lord, uh, help us to demonstrate your mercy that has been given to us by extending that same mercy to others. May we be moved as we look at the plights of our inner city, the homeless. And Lord, help us to get beyond looking at the reason and wanting to judge and condemn those that have acted irresponsibly. Lord, help us to understand that mercy is given to the sinner. And we thank you, O Father, that indeed it is, and that we have received mercy. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you, and you are dismissed.